Alzheimer's dementia is the biggest healthcare crisis in our history and could bankrupt healthcare. We need 21,000 more healthcare professionals trained about cognitive impairment. We're going to learn about an award-winning program at Pima JTED, creating compassionate healthcare professionals. You're listening to the Way to Work podcast. Thank you for joining our Career and Tech Talk series. I'm your host, Greg Deanna. Today, we're joined in the studio by Beth Francis, registered nurse and our healthcare professions manager at Pima JTED. Welcome, Beth. Hello. <laughs> and also, Kelly Arsler, our licensed nursing assistant program coordinator. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. And thanks for joining us. Today, we're talking about healthcare professions at Pima JTED and the program. Uh, Beth, start off and talk to us about the different programs available for JTED students in the healthcare career pathways. Okay, so we have a pretty large program. Uh, our young people can come in their junior year and take healthcare foundations, which gives them a foundation of curriculum that assists them to make choices to go into their senior year. Uh, for senior year, we have several senior pathways that the students can uh, choose from one of which is the Licensed Certified Nursing Assistant Program, which we are uh, regulated and overseen by the Arizona State Board of Nursing. We also have um, Caregiver, which we call Personal Assistant Caregiver, and that is overseen by another regulatory agency. We nickname it NCIA because it's a very long name. Then we have Medical Assisting, which um, we have two types of medical assisting. We have the one of which they can go into after their junior year. And then we have piloted a program, which is a two-year pathway. We call it RMA1 and RMA2, which is registered medical assistant, where the young person can go in their junior year and then continue on into their senior year and receive multiple certifications. Uh, from there, we have physical therapy technician, which is a senior pathway which is also an awesome program. And lastly, we um, have medical record technologies. So it's quite a wide range of pathways that the young people can choose from. And um, we really work with our community partners to ensure that we have pathways that the young person can graduate from high school, graduate from JTED, have a certification, and then be able to go into entry-level employment. Okay, and that brings up an excellent point. Kelly, when we were talking about these students, these are high school students completing this program their senior year in high school, uh, so they can enter the workforce, as Beth said. But also, what are the post-secondary options that many of these students plan to pursue as they may start working in the field? Most of the students in the LNA program are uh, wanting to become registered nurses. Some of them want to become physicians or surgeons researchers, other, other types of careers, but the vast majority in the LNA program uh, seem to want uh, nursing. Okay, and, and Beth, uh, out of all the programs, do you see uh, what percentage of students just off the top of your head would say go on to some form of post-secondary education? 93% of our students that are in one of our senior pathways choose to go on into post-secondary. So what's nice about that is those young people not only have the opportunity to work in the field, which is very beneficial uh, to them entering into a healthcare uh, academic program at the post-secondary level, but it also um, gives them the experience that they need 
that the not only the employer is seeking, but the educational institution is seeking, especially our nursing programs. They really seek to see students that have chosen to uh, look into healthcare and get their CNA. Um, we call it LNA. And then they are strongly a strong candidate then to get into nursing school. And so, Kelly, uh, you've joined us from industry. You, you had a career change. You were in an engineering field and you went over into, uh, became a nurse a little bit later in life. When you were working in industry, what is the demand like for healthcare providers? How hungry are employers looking for employees? Well, there's been a shortage since I became a nurse, and I'm sure a lot longer than that. Um, I've never seen a time when we weren't hiring nurses and nursing assistants and been behind the curve on that. And um, the one of the specialty areas that you focused on in your life was with hospice care. And uh, tell us a little bit more about that field. Well, hospice care has it has grown in in the last uh, couple of decades. Um, you know, it started out almost a grassroots kind of a field, but once it became uh, Medicare certified, um, it start it started growing a lot. You know, when you're working in the field, um, do you see employers looking for more nurses to enter this specialty field or taking care of our aging population? Yes, I think I think a certain type of nurse is called for in hospice, you know, the, the compassion. And I'm not sure a lot of young nurses really um, find it as rewarding as once you've been, you've seen a lot uh, in your nursing career and you start to um, be comfortable with death and dying. Right. Um, in, in the early in their their early stages, that's that can be kind of a challenge for uh, really young nurses. But as you get older and you get more experienced, I think it's really rewarding. And Beth, that's one of the things that um, our nursing program at Pima J Ted kind of tends to focus on is those long term care facility yes. uh, type of positions. Um, talk to us a little bit about uh, the focus of the LNA program at Pima J Ted. So every year we try to work with our partners who are participants of our advisory committee and many of us being nurses and being in the community and practicing try to bring what is going on in the field to our student in the classroom and so one of the big programs that we implemented last year is actually a program that Devin Gables was doing for their employees, and our students happen to be there for clinicals. And our one of our clinical instructors, Ms. Schaefer, um, brought it back to JTED and asked me to research it to see if it was something that we could implement here at JTED. And I was gladly did that and was happy to find that we're one of the few high school programs that has chosen to implement what is known as virtual dementia tour. And because we have such a large aging population, and unfortunately, you know, more than 60% of our population at any one time begins to go into what we call a cognitive impairment, which dementia is part of that, uh, it, it becomes a challenge not only for a seasoned nurse, but for a young person who were training to go into a field working with others uh, and to have that empathy and compassion to work <coughs> with someone who has a, a, a disability of the mind. 
So what this this tour does is we do education. There's an academic aspect of it. And then we actually do a tour itself that um, puts that individual into the world of someone who has some type of memory problem or a, a cognitive problem. And so the success that we've had over the last year has been immense. And so we have chosen to not only implement it into the nursing aspect of our program, but all our senior pathways, because we have found that everyone uh, is being exposed to some level of patient care and an elderly type of patient care. So it's becoming um, very beneficial. And many of our community partners are very uh, surprised, but yet happy uh, and excited that we're doing this type of training at such a young age uh, with these, with, with our students. Right. I have a very uh, dear friend and her mother is suffering from dementia and uh, resides in a long-term care facility. And uh, she was commending us for providing this type of training to students because it's, it's critical for her mother's care. And yes. I think we're seeing that in greater and greater numbers throughout the community. Kelly, when people go through, when the students go through the virtual dementia tour and they finished and they come out, uh, what are some of the reactions that you hear about? I hear a lot of them say that it was very upsetting to them, that it was confusing. Um, I had an opportunity to observe them in the room while they were going through it, and they kept saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, what am I supposed to do? Um, from an outsider looking in, it really it looks a lot like what you see dementia looking like. You know, I think you think you've got the glasses on and that you're still cognitively intact. But because of all of the, the things that we've done to make it difficult for them to uh, achieve the tasks, um, it, what it looks like for, to the outsider is just what it looks like a dementia patient is trying to do when they're trying to achieve something. So a lot of them say they're confused, interesting. Um, some of them are upset. Uh, one, one of them tried to stop it, didn't want to continue. So, um, but they all said they felt that afterwards it helped them to have more empathy for somebody that they see in that situation. And uh, it's fair to say, too, that this really teaches healthcare providers to maybe break down simple tasks uh, to make them even simpler for somebody who might be suffering from dementia. Uh, so backing this up a little bit from the virtual dementia tour, the people going in um, are basically very cognitive able, correct? but then they are given some very, um, I guess, uh, what do you call them? Everyday tasks. Everyday tasks, simple everyday, everyday tasks, tasks. Mm -hmm. but then have some debilitating conditions put on them to correct. mimic the dementia. And so, and that's where, uh, tell us like some of the simple tasks that we give. So in, uh, not, not to give away too much because it's really, if someone is interested in participating in this, we don't want to take away that I don't want to call it a shock factor, but I guess it kind of sure. is because they don't really understand someone who has dementia. But as simple as putting a insert into one's shoes that has prickly things on it that simulates someone that may have neuropathy or pain in their legs and feet. And when you're a young person who's 17 or 18 years old and you do this, you kind of think to yourself, well, why do I have pain in my feet? Well, 
that's, you know, unfortunately, someone who's aging, it's not just the cognitive inabilities that occur, but it's the physical inabilities. It's not being able to pick up a simple pill because we put in the put them in these obnoxious gloves that they can't feel putting the sleeves in their shoes where they can't walk, you know, um, putting devices on their ears and their eyes so that they can't hear well and they hear noises. The noises are much more um, elevated than what we would experience because of their hearing, their sensitivity to hearing. Their sight is diminished. They can't see, you know, altering the room where, you know, things like putting on a simple jacket or putting a belt in a, in a pair of pants, all of a sudden you can't do that. And um, speaking to them like me speaking to you, but it's garbled. They, they don't understand what I'm saying. And it's simple tasks. Put five pills from the bottle into the cup, you know, set the clock 10 past five, you know, just everyday life skills that we all do and we don't think twice about it. But someone who unfortunately not only has dementia, but then has a physical inability, you know, something hurts or doesn't move well, or they don't ambulate well, that is all on top of the loss of, of their mind, their, their brain. And I know sometimes when we care for our own family members that are elderly, we tend to have a high level of frustration and we think, why can't they get this? Or they're just being difficult. Right. But this really helps us understand the physiological um, going on that they are, the changes that they are experiencing so that it's not really their fault. You know, the, the time of which we, we actually are, the team and I did a presentation to our um, leaders of JTED. And it was very eye-opening for several individuals. In fact, very emotional because they had family members that were exhibiting these symptoms, did not understand what was going on, and actually were yelling at that family member, why don't you understand me? Why didn't you see that? Why are you not repeating what I just said. You know, we just talked about that. And putting them through this tour, all of a sudden it was like, oh my goodness, I'm a horrible person. This person, my my sister probably has dementia and I didn't realize that. And I'm treating her like she's what we call normal. And she wasn't, she definitely had some kind of cognitive impairment. So it definitely is an eye opener for many. And so uh, we are in the middle of a great discussion about a high school program for young people that is free of charge. And it's the Licensed Nursing Assistant Program, along with other healthcare pathways, all available at PimaJTED.org. We're going to take a short break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Bookstop, locally owned since 1967 and currently located at 214 North 4th Avenue, has 2,000 square feet of used and out-of-print books, including large selections of poetry and literature, art and architecture, history, military history, Western Americana, and kids' books. The Bookstop buys seasonally and trades year-round and can be reached at 326-6661 or at info at bookstoptucson.com. You can check out their website at bookstoptucson.com. Since 2005, Bisbee Breakfast Club has been a hometown favorite, serving up great breakfasts, tasty lunches, homemade desserts, and fresh roasted coffee to locals and visitors alike. BBC serves breakfast and lunch all day, seven days a week, 
with early bird and rotating daily specials. Locally and independently owned, Bisbee Breakfast Club now offers three locations in Tucson at Broadway Village, Sunrise and Swan, and Ina Road. You can visit us on Facebook or go to bisbeebreakfastclub.com for more info and put a bit of Bisbee in your day. Welcome back to Education Matters with Mark Stegeman. I'm Greg Deanna. It's JTED Week on the show, and today we are joined by Beth Francis, Pima JTED's Healthcare Professions Manager, and Kelly Arslers, Pima JTED's Licensed Nursing Assistant Program Coordinator. Both of them registered nurses and uh, longtime professionals that are teaching our young people today. And Beth, I have a book that you brought to the studio. It's titled I'm Here by Marcus Engel, and it's about compassionate communication and patient care. What is so important about this book that you brought it into the classroom for your, all your, pay, your students? Well, last year, again, reaching out to the community and to my wonderful staff, they were participating in a HOSA uh, state uh, leadership conference. And Ms. Klinger uh, came back and said, Beth, we had Marcus Engel uh, as one of our uh, speakers and he is an author who has written several books on how you care for others. And this gentleman actually took his experience as a patient and he wrote about it. And so the book outlines his journey as he stayed in the hospital. And what this journey ends up being is how are patients really treated? And we as healthcare professionals, are we including our patients in their care or are the patients outside their care looking in? And so as you read the book, it's kind of that perspective. And he, he feels that, you know, we need to be more conscious of how we care for our people, our ailing people, our vulnerable population of, of sick people. And so this book, um, I was excited about it and so looked into it and we decided that in our healthcare foundations class, as they're learning about healthcare and learning about being a healthcare professional, what other things could we do to help them embrace that? You know, these are 16 year olds, 15, 16, 17 year olds who haven't had a lot of life experience and now they're in a healthcare class where we're asking them to take care of a vulnerable population of people. Well, it, it becomes a bit complicated. So we begin teaching them about empathy. We begin teaching them about compassion. How do you effectively communicate? How do you make sure you're caring for that total whole person, that holistic approach to healthcare? And so this book complements that quite well. And uh, Mr. Engel um, has a bunch of resources that we're actually able to implement with the reading. So our instructors are actually reading the book with their students, and then the students are, are processing that information and putting in their own words how they reflect on the information they're reading about I'm Here. And it's really a fabulous way of which to get students to understand that taking care of people is just not a process. It's, it's, a, it's a passion, and it's compassionate. And so um, we're really excited to see the outcome. Um, we've done a couple different tools over the last couple of years to see if once the students leave our program, if the feedback that we get from our healthcare partners um, proves that our students are 
interrelating with patients much better as a young person than maybe someone that's been in the field for a very long time. And Kelly, you became a nurse as an adult a little bit later in life than some people. Uh, Talk to us about the importance. Were you surprised when you came to JTED as a skills instructor to see the type of experiences that students were gaining in high school? I was. I I was only peripherally aware of JTED. I knew it was there. Um, I didn't understand the scope of all the programs that are available. Um, And I was very impressed with the um, environment that they're taught in. The, The clinical labs are really amazing. It gives them really good experience before they go out into the clinical field. And the teachers really instill in them professionalism um, and, a, and a lot of character building that helps them to have a little bit of a leg up. You know, as an employer, when I before I came in here, I did interview JTED students and um, CNA students or, or CNAs who had come from other programs. Um, and they, they always came in prepared with a resume. They had practiced interviewing. Um, and so I always felt that there was a foundation there, but I didn't know what it was. Um, so seeing how it really all comes together has been really great for me. And you were came in teaching the skills um, in the clinic. Give us some examples of just those skills of maybe like getting a patient in and out of bed or give us some examples of the types of skills that to, uh, students learn in the lab that is quite different from teaching empathy and uh, compassionate for maybe somebody with dementia. Well, they learn um, a, a lot of foundational skills that help them to move people safely. So, you know, the whole point in the lab is for them to get some basic skills around that will allow them to be safe in the field. So um, getting a patient in and out of bed, putting them into a wheelchair, learning how to feed a, a person, perineal care, some basic skills like that that they have to do before they go in um, to the clinical field so that we're satisfied that they're safe um, before they go out there. And then once they're actually working on real patients, you know, that kind of expands out from there. And how do you feel this um, new curriculum that is being brought into the um, JTED program is going to help these students go even further in their careers or become better caregivers? Well, I think I think empathy is something that is missing in all of healthcare education. When I was in, in nursing school, which was admittedly a while ago, that that wasn't discussed very much. Um, and I know that in medical school, it isn't discussed very much. So you learn all of the didactic stuff, you learn the skills, you learn the scientific things you need to do, but um, you start to forget that that's a person laying in the bed. You know, people, it, to, to this day, people uh, refer to patients by their disease or by their room number or by their bed number. Um, and so I think a- adding a layer like this virtual dementia really helps you to sort of understand what the story is behind that person and um, what the difficulties are that they may be facing so that you, you don't um, make the mistake of doing that. And Beth, congratulations. And Kelly, congratulations to you both. Your program is the winner of the very prestigious award. The uh, Arizona School Boards Association Golden Bell Award was just announced that uh, your program won for the virtual dementia tour and also teaching compassion, uh, compassionate care. Yes. Uh, so what are you most proud of about your program and how did this award, you know, how, how did you earn this award? What went into it? You know, I'm, I'm so proud of so many things that we have done over the years. Um, I think because of all the work that we have done 
over so many years. I think we've just hit this place in the program where we're just a smooth running machine. And, you know, talking about compassion, um, I think it, it, it comes, you know, from Kelly and I being that those compassionate leaders that um, show our staff how much we care and then doing things for our staff than in which it gets done for our students. And there's just this very beautiful environment for everyone to work in, to practice in, to learn in. It's a safe environment. Um, people are, are able to ask questions. They're able to get answers. Um, Kelly and I are in the trenches with, with both the instructors and the students. And I think because of all that we've done over the years, I just think there's just a culmination. And I think we just hit the jackpot and implementing programs that I had no idea if it would work or not, Greg. And I, I think it, it was just so positively received and working with a company like JTED that has allowed me to be this visionary and be able to do these cool things for our students. I mean, I think, you know, we're cutting edge. I think we've done some fabulous things with our young people. I think that sets us apart from other programs um, within our community, especially in healthcare. I know that our partners uh, are prideful that they get a JTED student. They love getting our students. There's actually, you know, I don't think there's a week that doesn't go by that we get multiple phone calls for our young people to be practicing in a variety of healthcare community agencies. And so it's just very exciting. I'm, I'm very humbled um, because really I, I just love what I do and I think it shows and I think the staff knows that and I know the students know that. Um, it, it's, it's a pretty cool process that we've been through and I'm very blessed and I always say that, you know, when I leave JTED, that footprint will be left and hopefully that legacy will continue and that many, many more young people will be able to experience this wonderful education that we offer our kids. Well, we're, we're not going to let you leave JTED so <laughs> for a very long, long time. <laughs> Kelly, there's a lot of work that goes into the nursing program. Talk to us a little bit about the regulatory controls on the Pima JTED program. I know you help assist Beth in that area. And also, you know, the stringent um, requirements of our students who enter and go through this program. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the LNA program is regulated by the Arizona State Board of Nursing. Um, you know, it's pretty tightly regulated. There are, there's a specific number of hours that the students have to um, practice. There's a specific number of clinical hours. Um, you know, there's do documentation they have to get in place, certifications that they have to get in place. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot that we have to keep track of for each student that they have to keep track of. And so uh, one of the things that some people may not realize too, though, is like one of the things uh, we drug test our students. Right. And that's for the protection of the patients. That, Correct. Uh, because these students are also going into clinical experiences. Right. And the clinical facilities require that they provide an, a negative drug screening before they go to clinicals um, and immunizations um, uh, certification. They have to have a BLS certification. So we provide that before they go. I think most of the students take it at 
uh, JTED, their, right. their BLS certification. Correct. Which is the basic life support. Mm-hmm. So. Correct. And and that's just a couple that we actually um, provide for our young people. They also get um, fingerprinted. Uh, they, uh, for, for caregiver, they, they go through a, a culinary class and get food handler certification. They get first aid. So when our young people leave us, they are well-rounded, not only in the educational aspect, uh, the skill aspect, but also they have their certifications and they're ready for employment. And so we're really giving them a great opportunity. And on top of it, we provide a, a job fair for these young people. So in April, we have this fabulous job fair where all these partners come and they, they're offered jobs right on the spot. So any one of our students, if they choose, can leave JTED, not only certified, but with a job and ready to go into post-secondary. Beth and Kelly, thank you both very much for joining us today and teaching us about how your program is helping put people to work. On behalf of everyone here at JTED, Michael Kanderis, our sound engineer and associate producer, and myself, Greg Deanna, your host, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to The Way to Work. I'm Greg Deanna on behalf of everyone at Pima JTED. Thank you for listening. Remember, subscribe to The Way to Work on your favorite podcast site and check us out anytime at pimajted.org.